Thanks for choosing to listen to another City Point West podcast. I trust that this message empowers and encourages you to continue your journey of faith. Enjoy. You know, we stand here on Resurrection Sunday. You know, if you ever wondered why we worship on Sunday, church, we worship on Sunday because we worship the Lord's Day. Today is the Resurrection Day. Today we celebrate the fact that Jesus has risen. I am grateful that He has risen. I am grateful that today is a new day. You know, we, we love New Year's. We love getting to the, the New Year's moment. We're like, it's a new year ahead. L- listen, New Year's is great, but Resurrection Sunday is something even greater. Resurrection Sunday speaks to my yesterday. It speaks to my failures. It speaks to the disappointments that I've walked through. It speaks to the moment when I've let myself down, when I've failed. And and right across the globe, religion celebrates this day. Listen, there are people that haven't been to church for 350 years that walk into church on Easter Sunday and they thank you, Jesus, for Easter Sunday. And and I don't want to come from a religious perspective to this day. Because it's so dangerous to come from a religious perspective. And listen, if you've walked into this room for the first time after a long time being in church, I am grateful you're here today. Listen, you may have, you may have walked in because it's something you did as a kid and you're back here. Listen, today, Jesus wants to reveal Himself bigger than that to you. He wants to show you the power, not of a religious ceremony, but the power of a resurrected Christ and the power of what it means in the rebirth of who we are, the rebirth of our lives, the rebirth of our futures and the reality that yesterday does not dictate your tomorrow. The Gospel tells us, the reality of today tells us that yesterday's failures don't speak to your tomorrow, don't speak to your future. The resurrected Christ today speaks to your future. Religion says, yes, it's a great ceremony. It's a great celebration point. It's a great moment that we come to church. It's a great moment that we sit here in the house. Listen, I don't want to speak from the point of religion because, listen, religion tried to shut down the resurrection. And even today across the globe, religion tries to shut down the power that's in the resurrected Christ, the power that's actually in this day, that's in this moment, that's in this right now. Religion tried to. If we go right back to the story, listen, when Jesus was hung upon the cross, He was hung there by the religious leaders that tried to shut down who the Christ was. It was the religious leaders that then went to the leaders of the time and said, hey, Jesus said this. He said He was going to die and three days later was going to rise again. If you look in the Gospels, they went and said, let's roll a stone across that tomb. Let's seal that tomb. Let's make sure we get a whole bunch of soldiers there. Let's get the Roman soldiers. It wasn't the Roman soldiers that did this. It was the religious leaders. Now, They didn't do it out of naivety. Here's the incredible part of this story. If you understood what the Pharisees, the religious leaders of the time would have known about this, they'd read and memorised Isaiah 53. They'd known and memorised Isaiah 53 that spoke about Jesus and spoke about what was to happen in Jesus' life. When that, that, that 
that passage of Scripture as Isaiah spoke about what would happen for our lives. Dad preached on parts of it uh, on, on Good Friday. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was you know, beaten for our iniquity. If we go through and have a look at the reality of what Isaiah spoke, they knew that verse. They knew that chapter off by heart. They knew that in Isaiah 53.10, it said that he would have to be crushed to give his life for a penalty of, for our sin. They knew that that's what Isaiah had said, but they also knew that Isaiah said he would live a long life and see his descendants. They had to realise that Jesus would die and Isaiah 53 shows that he would also have to rise again. They knew all of that. Yet religion tried to shut it down. Religion rolled the stone across the tomb. Religion put the seal on the tomb. Religion put the soldiers there. It's trying to stop the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Listen, religion always tries to stop the power of the resurrection. Religion's okay with Easter as long as we don't come through the power of the resurrected Christ and the reality that it changes stuff. Religion's okay with a nice ceremony. Religion's okay with a little bit of worship. Religion's okay with a couple of item songs. Religion's okay with the fact that you come and sat in a seat today. Religion's okay with those things because it wants us just to be in that place where we have a form of godliness if we look at the Scriptures speaking about our lives, but we deny the great power that's there to truly change who we are. Religion's death to us. Listen, Jesus didn't die and rise again to give us religion. He died and rose again to bring us back into relationship with the living God, to bring us back into relationship with the God of heaven and earth that can do so many wonderful things in our hearts and our lives. I read a quote during the week. It said, religion is a guy sitting in church thinking about fishing. Relationship is a guy that's out fishing thinking about God. I get that one. That one spoke to me. Andrew Jones, stop thinking about fishing up the back right there. You too, Will. I'm keeping an eye on you, boys. It's the reality of Jesus in our lives. Listen, Easter isn't a religious tradition. Listen, if you come here with that, I pray you leave here with a fresh revelation of the resurrected Christ that draws us into relationship, draws us back into the power of a relationship with a living God who is life-changing to us, who is life-changing to who we are. I look on in the story of Easter, the religious leaders, the Pharisees, the ones that knew all that was there to know about the coming Messiah, tried to shut it up and didn't even get there to see the, the resurrection. But if we read in the story, some other people did. On Easter Sunday, a woman by the name of Mary Magdalene and another Mary, if you read in the story, you see Mary Magdalene's the one that Jesus cast out seven demons and the other Mary that laid before Jesus, wept upon His feet and broke the alabaster flask and wiped His feet with her hair and encountered Jesus in a powerful way. That other Mary is the same Mary that had a brother named Lazarus that was dead and was in a tomb. And Jesus came and spoke to them and said, listen, I am the resurrection and the life. They encountered 
the power, not of religion, not of just what history said, but the power of relationship with the living God. If we read through this story, the religious ones hid it, tried to get rid of it. In fact, when Jesus does rise from the dead, when the angel comes and all of the soldiers fall down, still the religious leaders tried to hide it and said, listen, go and tell everyone. I want you to lie. I want you to say the disciples come and stole them. We'll cover you because we need to cover the lie. Religion continually tries to shut down the resurrected Christ. I ask the question, why? What is that? Listen, this morning, I want to answer this question for our lives. Why is it that the devil's okay with religion, but he's always freaked out by the resurrection? Why is it the enemy's okay with us coming religious? But when we walk out resurrected, he is scared. He is freaking out. Romans chapter 6, verse 6 to 12. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with Christ that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. For he who has died has been freed from sin. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we're also raised living with Him. Knowing that Christ has been raised from the dead, dies no more, death no longer has dominion over Him. For the death that He died, He died to sin once and for all, but the life that He lives, He lives to God. Likewise, you also... Hear that? Likewise, you also. I'm not sure if you caught that. Likewise, you also. Reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal bodies that you should obey its lusts. Listen, Paul speaks right there of the great power and one of the great reasons why the devil wants to hide us in religion and never wants us to let the resurrection speak to our life. I have three things out of that that are so powerful for our lives. The resurrection, number one, gives God control. Listen, he says we die to that sin, our own lives, and we rise unto Christ. The devil hates and our flesh hates the resurrection because the resurrection, when we grab it, when we own it, when we bring it to our lives, always puts God control over our lives. God in control over our thinking. God in control over our future. God in control over our journey. God in control over how we live and how we walk. Listen, I look across this room and I see a whole bunch of people that are like me, love to be in control. We love that. We need that. We, we, we need aspects of that continually in our lives. We, we love it when we're in control of our destiny. We love it when we're in control of our future. And I am grateful that God allows us to walk into that and shows us what our future is. But listen, the resurrection shakes sometimes our future, shakes sometimes what we see of life, shakes sometimes what we see of our future. Listen, most of us here in this room, have a certain aspect of being a control freak. Some of us in this room are complete control freaks. And the gospel takes us to a place of death and resurrection when the resurrected Christ makes statements like this, hey, let you just begin to follow me. Deny yourself, pick up your cross and come after me. 
I know that's unpopular today. I know we don't like to think about that. I know we like to think, Jesus, you picked up your cross and you went to the cross so that I can do what I want. Yeah? Can I have an amen from a goal-centered control freak in the room that likes to think that that's what the whole gospel's about, that Jesus, I can have my way and do my will. Lord, Jesus, you said not my will, but yours be done so that I can have my will and not yours be done. Listen, the resurrection shakes every bit of that. Religion doesn't mind us sitting in church. The devil doesn't mind us sitting in church. But I tell you what, he hates it when people take up the church and take up the call of God and take up the reality that, listen, the church is here to shake this region for Jesus Christ. The church is here to grab a hold of the resurrection, to bring the power of the resurrection to our neighbours, to our, to our streets, to, to the city around us. The, the power of the resurrection that says, listen, in amongst this, God has called us to something more, something different in our lives. Again, religion and the enemy doesn't mind us walking to the church on Easter Sunday morning. Thank you, Jesus. We walk out and just live our own lives. But the resurrection doesn't call us to that. It calls us to the reality that we become dead in Christ and we rise into a new life in Jesus. And the rising into a new life is what Paul said when he said this, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our mind, renewing of our thinking, be not conformed to the culture. Listen, the devil doesn't mind people that just walk into church, just walk into our challenges, just walk into this place and just happy to be here and sit here and, and just be enveloped by that. But the devil doesn't mind that. He, he, he hates when we come out and say, I'm leaving my mess. I'm leaving my challenges. I'm leaving my failures. I'm leaving my issues. I'm leaving the control of my life. I'm saying, Jesus, take control. Just lead me, guide me, walk with me. The resurrected Christ is the Christ that says, hey, we died with Him and we rise now with Him into our future. Religion hates to relinquish control. Listen, if you're in this room and you only understand religion, the thought of relinquishing control of our lives is a scary thing to you. Let me be really clear. The resurrected Christ says, pick up your cross and follow me. The resurrected Christ says, yes, yes, I know you may want to live like that, but I'm calling you to something greater. The resurrected Christ spoke to me as a backslidden, frustrated cranky teenager and said, Tim, bring your life, surrender it to me and I've got a destiny for your future. I've got a call for your life. It's bigger than just the mess you're living in today. It's a call that's not just for you. It's not just for your own living, but it's for people around you. This is the reality of what the resurrected Christ calls us to. Listen, you may have walked into church this morning thinking, yes, I'm here on Easter Sunday. I'm celebrating our Jesus but I hope you walk out realising that celebrating your Jesus that's resurrected wants to change you, wants to direct you, wants to guide you. And listen, sometimes He guides you to places you don't want to be. If you ask me at 18, what do you want to do with your life, Tim? I've said this before and I'll say it again because it's the truth. My answer would be, I don't mind doing anything as long as I'm not a pastor. I think I said that a lot of times. I will never be a pastor. Here I am many years later because of the resurrected Christ that said, Tim, pick up your cross and follow me. 
caused me to sometimes live a life that I didn't really want to live. Yet I have found such great peace and joy in the reality of serving God and serving His church. Religion, ah, you can just come and do whatever you want to do. Uh-uh, the resurrected Christ says it's time to come and pick up your cross and follow me. Second thing we see there is a resurrected Christ changes our mind and our thinking. Listen, my mind was never changed in religion. I, I sat in church all of my young years, many years in church and in great churches, in spirit-filled, life-filled churches, yet I embraced religion. I didn't embrace the resurrection. At 19, I embraced the resurrection. And listen, my life was resurrected because my mind was changed. I tried to change my mind a lot of times. Listen, you may sit in this room and you might be like me. You've grown up in church. You've grown up in the house of God. You've grown up around Christians. And you tried to change your mind yourself. Listen, without the resurrected Christ, that mind never changes. You know, Jesus makes a statement. Who then can be saved? He's asked. He says, hey, with men, it's impossible. But with God, all things become possible. Listen, it was impossible for me, even sitting in church, to be changed until I encountered the resurrected Christ that genuinely changed my mind. And so I sat in church, sometimes responded to older calls, I remember coming out of church thinking, I'm never going to do anything wrong again. I'm never going to swear again. First idiot that cut me off whilst I'm driving my vehicle. Four-letter words came out the window of my car, followed by my middle finger. Because it's not me that ever changes my mind. It's the resurrected Christ and the power of His Holy Spirit in me that changes me. Paul writes in Philippians 3, some verses that we looked at over the last couple of months and to be found in Him, not having my own righteousness. I want you to notice something about the Pharisees. Their righteousness rolled the stone across the tomb. It was their righteousness. Righteousness, our own self-righteousness comes from the carnal mind. That carnal mind, that fleshly mind that tries to attain our way to God, tries to be good enough, tries to outwork enough, tries to be right enough. That carnal mind, that fleshly mind is what rolled that stone there and said, listen, we have no need for a resurrected Christ. We can do it in our own strength. We can remain in control. We can be what we want to be. Our own righteousness, Paul says, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith, that I may know the power of His resurrection. It's a whole different mindset that is changed in our minds. Listen, a mind change never comes from just good positive thinking. I'm grateful for positive talk. I'm grateful for those things. But listen, unless you've encountered the power of the Holy Spirit, that positive thinking is not enough. It's never been enough. It's never been enough. It can take us to a certain place. It can take us away from certain things. But listen, strongholds that are over our mind are never broken by positive thinking. 
You may be in this room reading positive books, positive thinking. Let me tell you, you come through the cross, you come through the resurrected Christ and you allow the Holy Spirit to speak to your mind, minister to your thinking. I tell you, that is the place where your mind is genuinely transformed through the power of the Holy Spirit. The resurrection brings us to a place away from the carnal mind where the spirit mind begins to rise on the inside of us to who God has created us to be. The great Billy Graham said this, Before the resurrection of Christ, the Holy Spirit came upon individuals only on certain occasions uh, for special tasks. But now, after the resurrection, Christ through the Holy Spirit dwells in the hearts of every believer to give us supernatural power in living our daily lives. Why is religion happy to cover that over? Because the enemy doesn't want us to change. He doesn't mind us sitting in church, but he doesn't want us to change. It's the resurrected Christ through the Holy Spirit that comes and moves into the life of the believer. Listen, you may be struggling to change. You may be struggling with fear. You may be struggling with your brokenness. You may be struggling with your hurt. I pray that you leave this place with a prayer saying, Holy Spirit, come and permeate my life with the power of the resurrected Christ. Permeate my mind with the power of the resurrected Christ. I surrender everything I have to You, that You'd speak to me every day, that You'd change me every day, that You'd transform me on the inside out every single day. Listen, church, this is the transforming power of the resurrected Christ. We may be in church hundreds of years. If we don't have the resurrected Christ moving in us, we never change to who God's created us to be. Sometimes we need to stop and say, Holy Spirit, keep changing me, changing me, changing my thinking, changing my heart, changing my attitudes, changing my believing. I can't change by myself. I'm never able. I want to overcome. I want to get through. But I can't. The third thing we see is the resurrection give power to be overcomers. To be overcomers. Ephesians 1 says, The same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead, seated Him in the heavenly places above all principalities, above all powers, dwells in the inside of you. Religion doesn't mind that dwelling in the tomb. But religion doesn't want the power of the Holy Spirit, doesn't want the power of the resurrected Christ dwelling in me because it changes me. The enemy wants him locked in the tomb. He doesn't want him dwelling in my heart, dwelling in my mind, giving me power to overcome. You know, years ago, I, uh, I was, when I was youth pastoring over in Carindale, um, I don't know what inspired this, but I just remember doing this, me and a a bunch of teenagers decided we're going to jump on push bikes and ride from Carindale Church to Kangaroo Point. And when we got to Kangaroo Point, we we're going to jump in the river and swim across the river to the Botanical Gardens. Now, riding from the push bike to Kangaroo Point from, uh, from Carindale right now sounds like the stupidest thing I've ever done in my life, let alone swimming across the Brisbane River. Uh, I'll be honest, my butt was so sore by the time I got to Kangaroo Point, I was happy to get in the Brisbane River, you know what I'm saying? It was just a painful thing. And We got there and there was a bunch of us. Listen, I don't want any youth leaders to be taking kids swimming across the Brisbane River right now because if you did, I'd go to jail. Different days, 25 years ago. So we ride in there on our push bikes. Uh, we just left our push bikes. 
we jumped in the river and we swam across. Uh, that was cool. That was fun. Until we realized we got over the other side and it was actually low tide. I don't know if you've ever driven over the bridge heading south. You look to your left and you see the botanical gardens and you see about 50 meters of mud on the low tide. Let me just tell you right now, that mud is like this deep. I'm not telling you because I read it in a book. I'm telling you because I have experience trying to get out of that mud to get to the botanical gardens. Let me tell you, you can't walk through that mud. You can't swim through that mud. Like that mud, it took us probably 10 minutes to swim across the river and like two hours to get out of the mud because we're fighting and struggling and, you know, like leaving some of the kids behind. We just buried them over. No, that's not true. We didn't do that. <laughs> get out of that mud. So hard. It's such a fight. Anyone ever felt like that trying to overcome your sin? Trying to overcome your addictions? Trying to overcome your habits? You're fighting your way through. Listen, midway through that, I'm trying to swim and just lifting my arms is difficult because there's so much mud. My pants are around my ankles because they just, you know, we were wearing like thongs when we first started swimming. Those things are gone a thousand muds ago you know that's just a disaster and you're fighting and you're fighting religion tells us that's how we outwork anyone ever felt like that listen you're not created to fight your way through mud you're created to encounter the resurrected Christ and in an encounter with a resurrected Christ you're not fighting your way through mud you've been redeemed and the mud's been washed away from your life you've been set free and you've been made whole this is the power of the resurrected Christ staying in the tomb will stay in our mess but Jesus isn't in the tomb today Jesus is the resurrected Christ. He's resurrected and He's resurrecting your life. If you're in this room and I'm fighting out of mud and I can't get out, I'm swimming and it's so hard and it's so difficult. I want to get out, but I can't. I'm trying to swim my arms and kick my legs and everything's just stuck and it's difficult and it's hard. The resurrected Christ is here to bring life to you. 1 John 5, 4 and 5. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is he who overcome the world? But he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. I am grateful that John didn't say, who is he that spends the rest of his life fighting through the mud of your sin and despair? Fighting through the mud of your addiction? fighting through the mud of your loneliness, fighting through the mud of your heartache, fighting through the mud of your unforgiveness. I am grateful that He didn't say that. He says, it's He that overcomes the world, that believes that the resurrected Christ has power to overcome the world. Hey, listen, I understand that sometimes washing mud off is a little difficult. I understand that some mud clings really hard we did finally get out of that mud. We then had to go and wash it off in the botanical gardens at a tap. Let me tell you, some of that mud took a while to wash off. Some of it stuck between my toes until I got home and my wife said, you stink. 
I actually had long hair back then too, so it took a while to get out of that hair. Don't swim, obviously it didn't do good things for my hair. I understand that some mud feels thick. But listen, we don't turn our eyes continually to the stinky mud that's stuck to us. We turn our eyes to the resurrected Christ. In the resurrected Christ is power of freedom. In the resurrected Christ is power to wholeness. In the resurrected Christ is power for you to forgive the abusers. In the resurrected Christ is power for you to make wholeness in your life. In the resurrected Christ is power to leave your addictions in the past and walk into the future. In the resurrected Christ is power to see that wrong mindset, the wrong believing, wrong thinking changed into the reality that Christ has for you in your life. In the resurrected Christ, in the resurrected Jesus, we're here on Resurrection Sunday. Listen, we're going to take communion now and I Ask those that are prepared to do that if they could bring that communion to us. But listen, we take communion today not as a symbol of religion. We take communion today as a symbol of the resurrection. We take communion today as a symbol of power for our lives, for our hearts and for our minds. We take communion today as a reality of what God has done for us. Listen, you may sit in this room and say, Pastor Tim, I'm so lost. I'm so caught up in my brokenness. I'm so caught up in the world around my life. This morning as we take communion, we take it as a reality that that isn't what God has for you. And the gospel, in fact, says that God has so much more than every bit of brokenness and mess that you've ever known. Every bit of past, every bit of hurt, every bit of abuse, every failure you made is taken away at the resurrected Christ. Listen, we don't eat and drink in a few minutes in a place of defeat. We eat and drink in a few moments in a place of victory victory that is in Jesus Christ victorious Saviour victorious King victorious Redeemer listen right now as we lead into this moment if you're feeling defeated just close your heart close your eyes sorry open your heart Jesus we thank you for your grace we thank you for the power of the resurrected cross we thank you for what that is for our lives we praise you for Jesus The resurrected cross, the resurrected life that's in Jesus Christ. These aren't symbols of religion, symbols of great power. This isn't just a mere cup, it's not a mere wafer. It's a moment in time where we stop and we say, Jesus, thank you for the body that was broken. It was broken for my brokenness. That body that was bruised for the deep bruising in my heart, for the mess of my life, the hurt, the utter despair that I've known, the blood that was shed 
not just a little bit of grape juice, but the blood that was shed to wash away my sin. The beautiful blood of Christ. You may sit here in this room, feeling like you dragged a lot of sin in with you today. The resurrected Christ is enough. He's not in the tomb. The stone's rolled back. It's rolled back. You can see the resurrected Christ there for you. He's there. His power's there for your life. Listen, you may come in here dragging with you addictions. Maybe it's addictions in your sexuality. Maybe it's addictions with drugs and alcohol. Maybe it's addictions around your own thinking and what you've given yourself to. I want to tell you this morning, this blood is enough to wash away the power of those addictions and set you free in Jesus Christ. There's freedom in the cross. There's freedom in the risen Christ. There's freedom for your life this morning. There's freedom for your heart. Young men, young women today, there's freedom for you today in Jesus' Name. Oh, Jesus, here in this moment right now, I thank You for the power that's in Jesus Christ the power that's in His cross. My God, we come here, some of us dragging with us our sin and our despair, many months of failure, many months of heartache. Jesus, in this moment, we stop here now. We stop here on Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday, we stop. And we lay those things, those failures, that despair, that heartache, those addictions that have chased us. Jesus, we lay them at the foot of the cross in a place of wholeness today. rise with Christ oh there's anointing here this morning anointing here this morning over people's hearts and minds see a young woman you feel like you've dragged so much mess with you into this house this morning God today is here He's washing over your mind He's bringing peace there's so much anxiety and worry about where your life is going today right now the Holy Spirit's beginning to wash over your mind as you open your mind to Him right now open your heart Holy Spirit come wash that mind wash those fears wash that anxiety wash that heartache who we thank you Holy Spirit We thank You, Holy Spirit. We thank You, Holy Spirit. We thank You, Holy Spirit. Jesus, we thank You for the power of Your resurrection. It's here in these symbols, the blood right now. See somebody just laying your heart before God, just in surrender this moment. See Him just washing white as snow. You even feel it over your spirit right now. You're feeling just washing, washing, washing. Jesus, your grace. Thank you for that beautiful grace. Thank you for that this morning. See somebody just come in. You weren't even sure what you're doing in church today. It's just a religious moment. But right now you're encountering God that's speaking to you. You feel your heart. Something's happening there. You're not sure what's going on. It's the Holy Spirit right now. He's interacting with you. He's interacting with you. He's talking to you. You maybe haven't heard His voice for a long time. He's talking to you now. Oh, it feels uncomfortable. Holy Spirit, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Colossians chapter 2, verses 14 and 15. 
having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us. Listen, this morning, you may feel like there's a big list that's laid out that's against your life, that's against you, it's your actions, it's the things you've said, the things you've done wrong. You feel like that list has followed you into this room. Let me tell you this morning, the resurrected Christ has wiped out the handwriting of requirements that is against you which was contrary to us. He's taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. Having nailed it to the cross. Having disarmed principalities and powers, He made a public spectacle over them. This morning, because of this cup in your hand, because of this small wafer, the handwriting of requirements that was against you has been washed away. And Jesus has taken those principalities and power. Listen, I, I feel like there's somebody here this morning. You feel like the enemy has just held you and held you and held you and held you. Addiction is broken, is broken as He made a public spectacle over addiction this morning through the power of the cross, through the power of the resurrected Christ. Addictions are broken in this house broken over lives, broken over minds, broken over hearts. Jesus, You made a public spectacle. Public spectacle of every one of those addictions, every one of those principalities and power. And You rolled away the tomb. You rolled away the stone. You rolled it away, Jesus. You rolled it away, Jesus. You rolled it away. You're the resurrected Christ. And this morning we celebrate the resurrected Christ. Jesus. Jesus for our lives. And this morning, before we take and eat and drink, here in this moment, we surrender ourselves to You afresh. Across this room, we surrender ourselves to you. I know this message will keep speaking to you as you continue your day. So, for more information about City Point West, jump on citypointchurch.com or follow our social media accounts Instagram, City Point West, or our Facebook, City Point Church West. Have a great day.